You are now listening to the MS podcast by Sanofi Genzyme. In this podcast, the brain takes center stage when Ole Petteriella, best-selling author and professional speaker, explores the different dimensions of MS and brain health through conversations with international specialists within neuroscience, psychology and physical activity. Imagine there was a simple, easy, accessible treatment, free of side effects, that would allow us to live longer, healthier and happier. A treatment that would reduce the risk of getting physical or mental disease. It would even provide better memory and life coping. Sounds too good to be true? But this treatment actually exists and have done so for thousands of years. Of course, I'm talking about physical exercise. Many MS patients avoid exercise, thinking it will aggravate pain or make their fatigue worse. But exercise might actually have a disease-modifying effect and may even lower the risk of having MS. Both brain and body benefit positively from physical exercise. Hence, experts claim that it's about time we prescribe exercise as medicine early in the disease course. One of the experts who claim this is with us in this episode. Welcome, Ulrik Dalgas. You work at the Department of Public Health and Sports Science at University of Aarhus. This is music to my ears. Tell us, how can something as simple as exercise have such positive effects on a complex disease like MS? Well, that's actually a really good question. And uh, honestly, we have been trying to figure this out for the past uh, 15 years. The thing about exercise is, and that's, I think, what is fascinating me and many other exercise physiologists around the world. Uh, but the fascinating thing is that that it it seems to have positive effects on essentially all body organs and uh, tissues. Uh, and that's really what makes it so powerful, I think. And in, in terms of uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, it's, of course, uh, the effects that it may have on the nervous system that we are particularly interested in. But I think it's really the uh, the broad spectrum effects that it, it has on the body that is the, the, the real powerful thing about it. And then, of course, the, the fact that it has essentially no side effects except that you are getting more fit when you're doing exercise. So these are kind of the, the, the things that is, uh, is driving all these positive effects. I remember um, when I went to medical school in the early 90s, a lot of MS patients were told that they should be careful with exercise as it may make their symptoms worse. Now with all these new data emerging on the effects of exercise, how has this changed? Well, that's that's uh, true. Um, actually, for almost 100 years, it was thought that exercise may uh, have a, a bad uh, effect on on, uh, on MS because it was uh, it was seen that when when at least some of the patients started to exercise, they experienced these symptoms uh, worsen and the. That was symptoms such as uh, uh, balance problems that suddenly arose. Uh, it was uh, visual problems. Uh, it was muscle weakness and fatigue. So all these things together uh, made uh, many doctors advise against exercise. However, today we know that the worst thing you see is a temporary phenomenon. And within 30 minutes after stopping exercise, people have uh, have, have uh, reversed to a normal uh, situation again. So it's nothing that is, uh, is manifesting itself in a more permanent way. And then at the same time, what we also know now is that when you have been exercising for a period of time, this worsening of symptoms is actually uh, starting to, uh, to reduce. And uh, in many patients, it's actually completely disappearing as they get more and more fit. So that's also something uh, that, that we have learned over the years that 
well, it may have a some some uh, effects that that may seem detrimental in the first place. But if you keep on exercising and perhaps make some adjustments, then you can remove these uh, this worsening of symptoms over over time. Can you say something about uh, the specific effects that exercise have on the brain, uh, for instance, on cognitive functions? I can try. <laughs> the thing is that uh, most of the studies that are out there have have recruited, uh, have looked at this as a secondary uh, outcome, and that means that patients have not necessarily been uh, cognitively impaired at baseline. And when you're not cognitively impaired, then it's difficult to uh, to see effects, of course, because your brain is fun- functioning quite normal. Anyway, from what we know, it seems that particularly what we call uh, processing speed, I mean, the ability to execute a, a cognitive task at a high speed is is uh, possible to, to improve if you're exercising. It also seems that uh, your memory and uh, perhaps your learning skills are also among the domains that can be improved. That being said, the literature is not consistent about these things because there are some underlying methodological problems. Uh, at the moment, a large-scale uh, Canadian-led study is is being uh, undertaken, led by Anthony Feinstein from Toronto. And in that study, the primary outcome is cognition. So in a couple of years, uh, we will have much more knowledge on this uh, topic because in that study, all the patients are cognitively impaired at baseline. So there we will see a more clear effect on, on, uh, of exercise if it's there, I guess. Yeah, I, and I think this is really important because uh, most people, when they think of MS, maybe even doctors, uh, think of MS as a disease that affects the muscles, uh, coordination, motor skills. But quite a few patients are cognitively affected as well. Absolutely. It seems that uh, at least some studies report that uh, up to 60 to 80 percent of the patients have some kind of cognitive impairment, which is quite a lot, of course. And that may not mean that all domains are impaired, but that means that some domains uh, of, of uh, cognitive cognition is impaired. So, so it is, it's quite a, a frequent problem. And I mean, exercise may not be the optimal way to uh, to impact cognition. I think cognitive rehabilitation is likely uh, much better, but it may uh, it may do something good in addition to what can be uh, obtained via other types of uh, of interventions. Uh, and then I think one issue that also still needs to be investigated is uh, that. Over time, I think exercise may be able to preserve cognition in a quite efficient way. Uh, we have seen that in other populations, not in MS, that if you exercise for many years, well, then you tend to have a, a, a better uh, cognitive uh, function. So this preservation of function may, may really be a, a very important aspect of exercise rather than actual improvement caused by exercise. Yeah, and there are a host of studies, both in animals and also in humans, that show that you can stimulate neurogenesis, the production of new nerve cells, especially in the hippocampus. That's, of course, important for memory when you exercise. And uh, it would be interesting to see studies in MS patients on how exercise affects, for instance, memory. Absolutely. So are we doctors, are we taking this into consideration now? I mean, are we good enough in prescribing exercise as medicine for MS patients? I would say no. I think things are generally moving in the right direction. 
but I think uh, exercise should actually have a more prominent uh, position uh, than it, it has today. I think we have seen a, a huge change of paradigm already taking place, going from not exercising at all in, in many of these patients to actually doing uh, quite a bit of exercise. For example, here in Denmark, when we are recruiting patients for exercise studies. We actually now have a quite a hard time finding patients that are not doing exercise at all because it has come, become quite a, a, an important part of many patients' life. However, if you go to other countries, I know in, for instance, US, there are still data showing that things haven't really changed that much over the, the past 20 years, despite that we now have a much broader base of knowledge whereon we can, we can base our recommendations. So, so, I mean, things are moving in the right direction, uh, particularly in some uh, areas, but not consistently all over the world, I think. So we still have a way to go. I think uh, one of the good things about the internet and uh, patients uh, becoming uh, uh, more and more educated is that uh, they uh, they kind of uh, learn on their own that they need to do something uh, in, in this area too. I also know that many neurologists are struggling with having too little time with the patients, so they they may not have sufficient time to uh, to go into uh, giving advice on all these different areas where a patient can have problems. However, I still think this may have so uh, su- such a huge impact on a, a patient's life that I think we we, we need to also uh, really stress to the the neurologist that they also need to take time to uh, to give some qualified advice on on exercise. We know from studies that MS patients generally have a lower level of activity than the general population. Uh, I saw a recent study from Norway where they saw that the average MS patient only had like three or four thousand steps during a day, about half of what the general population is moving. And because of this, it stands to reason that they are more prone to other illnesses such as coronary heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and depression, to mention a few. And it it seems for me to me then that maybe exercise is even more important to MS patients than the general population because they will probably have a greater benefit of the exercise. It will make tremendous impact in their day-to-day activities. Do you agree with this? Yes, yes, I think you're absolutely right about this. We see a market reduction in the physical activity level in, in patients. And as the disease develops, this gets even more pronounced. So therefore, it, it seems that the effects that you can obtain from exercise are quite uh, large in these patients because uh, many of them have a, a very low baseline level, so to speak, when they start exercising because they have been physically inactive for, for, for quite some years in many cases. At the same time, we know that even the healthy population to which we are comparing they do not exercise as much as we would like them to do. So, uh, I mean, that, that makes it even, uh, even more pronounced, this reduction that you, you see in, in, in persons with, with MS. So, Ulrich, we agree that it's important to prescribe physical exercise to MS patients, but what kind of exercise and intensity level should we prescribe? Well, I think, first of all, it's about uh, personal uh, preferences, of course, as that that would secure a long-term commitment to exercise. If you look at the more official recommendations, that covers that minimum. We recommend MS patients to exercise two times a week, where they do both some aerobic training and some resistance training in combination. So that should be done at moderate intensity, particularly in the beginning. Then over time, you can increase the intensity to a more... Uh, to, to also include high-intensity sessions. Uh, 
But as a first step, that's not a good idea. We have had patients that have been doing that, starting out too hard, and that gives a very long recovery time where patients were actually unable to do something for several days. That's, of course, not the idea. So it's very important that you kind of build it up slowly and look at this as like a lifelong commitment where you can gradually increase the volume and the intensity of training. But as a starting point, a couple of times a week, doing uh, different types of activities is, is a really good idea. There are already studies also in other uh, types of training, uh, although most studies have, have evaluated resistance training and aerobic training. But we also have studies now in sports climbing, uh, tai chi, uh, yoga, and even kickboxing. And I think the latest studies that have been published in in these more alternative types of training is in uh, dancing. So, uh, and and they actually also all show uh, quite good results. Uh, So uh, I think there are many ways to, to obtain some of the good effects. And it's also, of course, about motivation so that you're actually getting it done in the long term perspective. To me, it sounds like these recommendations are pretty much the same we would give to the general population. That's true. Uh, they actually they actually not that different from from what we uh, what we see in the uh, in the general population. What differs here is that we have a quite a, a huge range of disability levels. So uh, obviously, uh, it can be difficult if if we have a uh, very disabled patient to actually do all these types of training because they simply may not be able to do it. And therefore, it it may require uh, quite a bit of adaptations to to make this possible in, for instance, wheelchair-bound patients. At the same time, we don't have that many studies in the the really uh, severely disabled patients. So, So that's kind of a limitation to our knowledge at the moment. We did a study a couple of years ago where we tried to evaluate uh, aerobic training in uh, in some of the severely disabled patients where we saw some really good results following uh, one month of quite intensive training. But again, if you start out too intensive, we, we see this problem with the recovery as the recovery time seemed to be really slow in, in some of the patients. So, uh, so I mean, there are, there are some issues where you need to, uh, to adapt it to, uh, towards uh, people's disability level. Of course, yeah. So in MS patient, maybe it has to be tailored more specifically re- depending on what kind of disability the patients have, of course. Yeah, exactly. How about heat intolerance? That was something that was touched upon quite a lot when I was a student, that MS patients are really prone to uh, becoming more fatigued when when their temperature arise uh, and that one should be careful with exercising in warm environments. They recommended cold showers, cooling vests, swimming maybe, as opposed to other kinds of aerobic exercise like running or what are your thoughts on that? Yes, this is actually uh, another one of these issues that are special in these patients because we see quite a, a substantial fraction of the patients having problems with temperature. Uh, heat sensitivity is, is one of the problems. Other patients suffer actually from the sensitivity towards a cold environment. So that's, uh, that's also a, a problem, at least in some patients. But that's true that uh, exercising in a heat environment, in a hot environment, may not be a good idea for at least part of the patients. At the same time, we also have some patients that are actually reacting towards the body becoming warm. That, that's what you could call the, the metabolically driven uh, temperature increase. 
So there, there are quite, quite some uh, some different groups here that, that that we should look at. And we, we did a study a couple of years ago in uh, in patients having a heat sensitivity during exercise. So uh, when their body started to uh, the body temperature started to increase, they they started to have different symptoms. And what we learned from that study was that if you do, for instance, resistance training, then you don't see as many symptoms worsen as if you do aerobic training. And that's simply because the uh, the body core temperature is increasing about threefold when you do aerobic training as compared to resistance training. So if you have this problem, then a starting point might be to um, to do some of these ex- exercise types where you don't see a huge increase in body core temperature. And then when you get accustomed to that, then you can start doing minor amounts of <clears throat> of aerobic training too. Because we, uh, what we have experienced is that people tend to adapt to uh, this training stimulus uh, in a way that also allows them to tolerate more heat over time. So there's definitely also something here that can be improved as you get more and more fit, become better at, at managing this uh, heat uh, in the body. Then you also said that the cooling uh, garments can be used, and that's, that's also true. Uh, there are some studies where uh, people have been uh, immersed into cold water for 30 minutes before they should exercise. And that actually had a really good effect on their subsequent exercise session. However, I think it will take away quite a bit of motivation if you have to uh, go into uh, cold water for 30 minutes before you should exercise. Uh, because it's actually rather uh, uncomfortable to be sitting in, I think in, in this study it was 16 degree Celsius water. So that's quite cold. In another study, they try to cool the hands by different garments, which also works. But it's again, it's very, uh, it it makes things much more complicated. And there are also made that uh, you can also find some helmets and some cooling vests that can be useful. But I think the more easy way to to do it is as a starting point, do exercises that do not increase your your body core temperature as much and then you can uh, over time uh, start doing exercises where you are doing more and more uh, aerobic training because uh, that will uh, you will adapt to that over time yeah so i think what you're saying is it's wise to keep it simple it's probably hard enough for people to get out the door um and if they need to cool in 16 degree water and things that would maybe take away some of the motivation absolutely i'm i'm sure about that i mean we uh, we try to include some patients that should be cooling their hands in cold water before a study, and uh, we did some pilot study, a, a little pilot study on that, and and it, it simply was so uncomfortable for the patients that uh, they didn't want to join the rest of the study. So we uh, we aborted simply the study because it was not feasible, really. So so that's that's a little bit why I'm uh, I've become a little bit hesitant to to recommend too much of these uh, cooling uh, garments. I mean, if it's simple, then fine, but if if it uh, puts uh, a lot of uh, stress and uh, demotivating issues around the training uh, to the patient, then I don't think it's a good idea. Sanofi Genzyme is a proud sponsor of the Global MS Brain Health Initiative, where the aim is to maximize lifelong brain health for people living with MS, creating a better future for everyone affected by the disease. The initiative calls for greater urgency at every stage from diagnosing, treating and managing MS. Time matters in MS. Read more about the initiative at msbrainhealth.org. 
I would like to touch upon a, a paradox here. Um, I think it's uh, more and more common knowledge amongst doctors that physical exercise is a really potent medicine for a whole variety of different diseases, including MS. And one of the things that I'm wondering about, I work as a general practitioner and I refer a lot of patients to neurologists at the hospital if I suspect an MS disease. And I hardly ever get back any report saying that the doctors have talked about exercise even with the patients. So why don't we doctors prescribe exercise more? Yeah, well, I'm not a medical doctor. So in that in that sense, I, I may not be the right person to ask. But I mean, the, the, we, we work with quite a bit, uh, quite a few uh, specialized MS clinics at different hospitals. And the neurologists that we are working with, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, they are all giving some really good advice because we are discussing this a lot with them. They have kind of uh, accepted that exercise is part of the treatment package that you give to, to these patients. But of course, as, as with all the other types of uh, new uh, interventions, it, it requires some time before it gets implemented. Uh, I remember seeing a paper uh, some, some years ago stating that from we learn something new until we have it fully implemented, that normally takes up to 20 years. And I mean, if it's the, case, if, if it's the same with, with the exercise and, and MS, uh, well, then, then we may still have a, a couple of years to go before it's, it's fully implemented really in, in, in a doctor's mind, but also perhaps in, in, the, in the rest of the, the healthcare system. But what we have also learned is that the MS nurses are actually quite often those that are actually talking to the patients about these aspects. So we have also spent quite some time trying to educate the uh, the nurses on this uh, matter uh, because they have a little bit more time to to talk with the patients about different aspects than purely medicine. So uh, so that that might also be uh, a new target, uh, so to speak. Do you think it's enough to um, maybe this is a rhetorical question, but do you think it's enough to talk to the patients about exercise or do we need to follow them up more closely uh, give them exercises uh, refer them f- to physical therapists so that they're not feeling like they're just on their own i think most people know that exercise is important but in my opinion or my experience the hard part is getting them to do it well i, I fully agree there is uh, a lot of barriers related to exercise there are some studies uh, showing uh, I think they identified more than 50 barriers defined by the patients to explaining why they did not exercise. So, uh, I mean, patients with MS have uh, just as many good excuses as uh, healthy people have for not exercising. Uh, That being said, uh, we also know that if you give the opportunity to patients that they can have supervised exercise, for instance, as a, as a physiotherapist, then we also see uh, that that uh, results are much better than uh, co- when when you compare it to when they are on their own. So, I mean, if we can establish a, a system where they are actually offered exercise and, as you say, followed up, well, then we can definitely improve the output in on the long uh, in the long term. Uh, so that's that's definitely something uh, that should be considered. In Denmark, for instance, we have this. Uh, physiotherapy offer to the patient where they are actually offered one weekly session of physiotherapy when they have MS. So there we have the opportunity to, to actually implement exercise in a, on a weekly basis at least. Uh, so that's the starting point. But of course, that's, uh, 
that's a, a huge cost to the to the healthcare system to do these type of things. So it's not an easy fix, but optimally we should prescribe it and implement it into the the healthcare system. I think, and then perhaps as a over time, when people learn how to do it and get accustomed to it. They can uh, be more and more on their own, so that we can downscale the the healthcare system's role uh, in in the uh, execution of of the the exercise. So, in other words, physical exercise should be a part of the standard treatment package, just like medicine and drugs. I think so. Yeah. Studies show that exercise can modify the course of MS. How about reversal of the disease? Is that possible through exercise? It's uh, quite difficult to say at this point in time because uh, it requires quite some quite quite big studies that you're running also over a longer period of time. I think at least we can over time slow down the progression of the disease. I think that's uh, that's what the evidence is pointing towards. Whether you can actually restore your full function, well, that might be uh, possible uh, at least in some some areas. But I mean, in those areas where you have where the disease have already caused some uh, irreversible uh, uh, damage, well, then it's obviously not uh, possible. So, uh, so I think it's, it's really uh, that's really a difficult uh, question to 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 give a good answer to. But uh, it may be possible in some areas. That would be my best uh, my my best answer. I think. Do you think exercise uh, can and should be used as a primary intervention in MS? In other words, if the general population exercised more, would we see fewer cases of MS worldwide? Um, we have at the moment two studies showing that those people that have the highest physical activity level in the general population, they also develop uh, less cases of MS over time. However, in one of the studies, they made an additional follow-up, and at that point in time, they actually did not see this protection against MS. They only saw that at the first point in time where they uh, looked at it. So this could indicate that what exercise or physical activity is doing uh, in the general population is that it may postpone the time point for your diagnosis. But that's also valuable, I think, uh, if you can postpone the, uh, the, the, the time point. Uh, whether it's a, a risk factor <clears throat> for developing MS, uh, Well, I think we still need some more uh, studies in that <clears throat> in that area to really uh, be uh, more confident if the data are actually supporting this, because it's 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 a very difficult uh, question to answer with a lot of confounders uh, embedded in it. Of course. So uh, it sounds like the old cliche: more research is needed applies here. Uh, I'm afraid so. Uh, it's actually quite a new area that have emerged uh, looking into these aspects. So. I think it's it's kind of a new uh, a new door that has opened, and uh, I mean, in case we see uh, that you can actually lower your risk of having MS by by being by living a physically active life, well, that would just add another good argument for being physically active uh, throughout your lifespan, really. And I mean, even if you can postpone your diagnosis, well, then you would have. Uh, likely more good li- good years of 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 life uh, before you 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 get this chronic disease. There's a saying in in MS that time is brain. In other words, our worst enemy is time. We need to set the diagnosis and start treatment early. Is exercise an overlooked window of opportunity in the treatment of MS? At least that's what we are promoting uh, in my team at the moment. Uh, that we think time matters. 
we did a, a review of the literature, which uh, clearly showed that in all the existing studies we have on MS and exercise, those people that have been uh, included, they have had MS for five years or more, meaning that we haven't really studied whether we should do exercise at a very early time point because we tend to wait until patients start to have uh, problems and then we start to exercise to help them. So what we actually suggest is that, that we start looking much more into the preventive uh, effects of exercise. So start as early as possible. Uh, pretty much resembling what uh, what we see at least some uh, neurologists uh, have started to do with uh, with medication, uh, with uh, giving very early uh, uh, medical treatments. So so that's what we are now uh, studying. So we have a study running where we are trying to recruit uh, patients within the first two years after diagnosis. One of the problems that that is uh, about uh, this approach is, of course, that when patients have diagnosis like this. Many of them, they are uh, going into some kind of life crisis. And when you're in a life crisis, well, starting up doing a lot of uh, new stuff is, is probably not uh, an easy task. So what we have uh, been doing is that as soon as people feel ready, then we are trying to uh, engage them. And, and what we see is that within typically three to six months after uh, they've had the diagnosis, uh, many patients actually start uh, asking the question, well, what can I do on my own to really uh, help myself on the long, uh, in the long term? And, uh, and that's where we are trying to uh, recruit them into this uh, study, where we are then following them for one year, where we are exercising them to see how do they, how do they uh, manage if they are exercising at this very early stage. And then, of course, in, in, the, in the longer term perspective, we are trying to also follow them up uh, in five and 10 years from now to, to see if this cohort are looking differently from, from uh, the, the normal cohort, so to speak. You have told us a lot about interesting studies that tell us that exercise is important. It should be part of the standard treatment package for, uh, for MS um, patients. But what are the patients telling us about exercise? Do you have any patient stories that you can tell us how becoming active has changed their disease? We have a lot of good uh, uh, <clears throat> stories coming in from the patients because a, a normal res response, uh, if if you have not been exercising in in these patients, uh, is that that they get much better and they get another uh, level of of uh, quality of life implemented into their their daily life. One of the really uh, remarkable uh, stories that I can 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 remember is uh, we had a patient that were actually in a wheelchair. Uh, only able to walk, I think, about 10, 20 meters. And uh, he put himself up uh, with a goal saying that he wanted to uh, be able to climb some of the really uh, steep uh, mountains in the Alps on a lying bike. Uh, this hand-driven bike was his training tool, and he uh, he trained very intensively, and we, uh, we tested him and uh, followed him for his preparation period, and then we saw him uh, actually uh, uh, do very well when he was climbing uh, these uh, very steep uh, mountains, uh, including the uh, uh, Alpes d'Huez and in, uh, in, in the French Alps. So, uh, so I mean, that's uh, that's of course uh, a very performance-based uh, story. But at the same time, uh, he told me that uh, he actually uh, felt much more energized during his daily life. He his mood uh, improved substantially, and uh, 
he uh, didn't suffer from uh, fatigue uh, anymore. So, so I mean, it had some really good effects on some of his uh, symptoms. Uh, and at the same time, uh, it also uh, made him some new friends because he started to uh, do training with, uh, with other people that were also bicycling and etc. So I think it had a huge impact on his uh, life, actually, having this uh, quite, uh, I must say, uh, extreme goal. But I mean, that was, that was quite an amazing story to, to follow a, a guy like this. Oh, very fascinating. And that's my experience as well, that exercise does much more than ameliorate the symptoms of MS. It does something to the quality of life of the patients. Absolutely. And uh, in many cases, if you are uh, structuring exercise in a in a good way, what we see is also that, that people uh, start becoming uh, active in new social relationships, which may also uh, impact on their mood and Sometimes uh, in the studies we have been doing, uh, the patients have they are forming these uh, groups afterwards as well. So they keep uh, training after the study ended because they they uh, kind of like the social uh, uh, things around uh, exercise as well. Uh, so I think that's also an, an important part that that we need to uh, to kind of structure exercise in a way that that may also uh, do something positive towards the long term adherence to exercise. Now to look ahead a little bit, um, do you think that exercise as medicine, this movement with all the new data coming out, can change the way we look at MS treatment in the future? Well, um, I hope so. Um, I hope that in the, the near future, actually, uh, that when uh, the neurologists are discussing uh, treatments with uh, patients, they will not only discuss medicine, they will also discuss what can you actually do on your own. And here exercises, I think, one of the most powerful uh, interventions that we have at the moment. So I, I think that should be really already at that point implemented. And then at the same time, we obviously need to continue educating the patients, educating the healthcare system, and also perhaps restructuring some part of the healthcare uh, system to really uh, support uh, that uh, that uh, persons with MS have good opportunities for for getting physically active because in the long in the long run, run I think it will be well from a government perspective a very good investment but from a patient uh, perspective uh, perhaps even more important uh, thing to do because it will probably make them have a milder disease course and subsequently a better life well said um, any suggestions for concrete suggestions for neurologists who are listening who diagnose MS patient, who maybe have not talked a lot about exercise uh, with their patients. Any any tips on the way for them? Uh, as well as I'm not an expert on medicine, I don't expect many neurologists to be experts on exercise. So really what I would encourage the neurologist to do is to find a little bit, a little spot of time to just mention that exercise is actually very important for the patient and then perhaps encourage them to either seek uh, help from a qualified professional that could be a physiotherapist or exercise physiologist that are that are trained in, uh, in neurological disorders or uh, MS specifically and then uh, really encourage them to uh, to seek uh, advice and uh, help to get started via uh, such a channel and then perhaps also uh, spend a little time in uh, researching whether the town or the area where they are located uh, have some uh, some good uh, groups or exercise uh, offers that are uh, available uh, 
and I think this this information is also something the neurologist can can have at hand and uh, and give out. Uh, in Belgium, uh, I have been a little bit inspired by uh, a project that has been running there, where they have actually built a whole organization around uh, MS and exercise. It's called Move to Sport, and uh, in that organization, they uh, they are actually uh, providing courses to MS. Uh, to, to physiotherapists where they are the uh, physiotherapists that are following the courses as certificates. And then you can, as a patient, find these uh, certified instructors or physiotherapists online and see w- whether you have these experts in your area that are actually having, that have actually uh, undertaken a specific course that, that I have given them really good uh, insights into this uh, type of, uh, of uh, exercise uh, issues. So, uh, I mean, the, if we could kind of enroll such uh, structures, that would also make it much more easier for the patient and for the neurologists as well, I think. Well, Ulrich, thank you very much. I think we'll round off here. Thanks for enlightening us on all the new exciting data that's coming out on how important exercise is for uh, MS patients. Good luck in your well, you. future work and thanks for the nice talk. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for listening to the MS podcast by Sanofi Genzyme. 